Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Ostojan, and today I'm pleased to welcome Unforsip's Gender Affairs Officer, Lauren McAllister, to talk about how the mission has been working on diverse gender issues, as this month we are observing International Women's Day. The theme for Women's Day this year is Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow which aims to recognise the contributions of women and girls around the world and those who are leading the charge on climate change adaptations, mitigation and response to build a more sustainable future for all. So, Lauren, here in Cyprus, can you tell us about how the mission has been working to promote women's participation in climate change initiatives? Hi, Ersin, and thank you very much for that. For us, it's very important to look at women's participation and gender equality more largely across the different thematic areas in which the mission works on, which has included climate change and environmental awareness. One initiative that we supported last year involved looking at gender dimensions of climate change and and how there's a disproportionate impact on women and girls across the world with the new climate change realities that we face globally. We look for many opportunities to do so to highlight how climate change not only has a specific impact on women and girls, but how the response to climate change and how to prioritize their needs and concerns needs to be integrated into, into planning initiatives. So where possible, we really take a mainstream perspective. So looking at the particular needs and concerns of different groups and and how the thematic areas that we work on impacts different demographics. Now, in the context of the work that we do in UNFACIP, that often is supporting different intercommunal uh, platforms that allow these issues to be discussed more broadly. So it's really also about targeting specific thematics and looking at it from the the needs of different groups. And Lauren, women's participation in peace and security is crucial to achieving sustainable solutions to conflict and to preventing new conflicts from emerging. In 2000, the UN Security Council passed Resolution 1325 on Women, Peace and Security. The landmark resolution recognises the impact of conflict on women and calls on member states to ensure women's equal participation and full involvement in all efforts for the maintenance and promotion of peace and security. As Unforsip's Gender Affairs Officer, can you tell us a bit more on what actions has been taken by the mission to promote women's participation? Yes, thank you, Arson. Just to reiterate what you mentioned about the significance of the Women, Peace and Security agenda, in the 22 years since its adoption, since the adoption of the first resolution, this really was a revolutionary way of acknowledging the specific impact of of conflict on women and girls and acknowledging the ways in which conflict impacted them that perhaps had not been recognized in the in the past so the the women peace and security agenda has four pillars that aim to address those particular ways and to ensure the agency of women and girls in our response to to conflict affected societies so for the mission a very significant way that we we aim to ensure that we are supporting the implementation of the Women, Peace and Security agenda is aiding platforms that allow women's perspectives, women's needs and concerns um, surrounding peace and security in Cyprus, 
to influence the broader discussion. So how does peace and security have an influence on, on women's lives? How do they or do they not see their concerns reflected in the discussions? And supporting that engagement uh, through intercommunal platforms. So allowing women island-wide to discuss the issues that are of particular concern for them. This is an important aspect of ensuring that, that women are included in a substantial way in the, the dialogue on, on peace and security and what sustainable peace means to them. Often we hear very different concerns coming from women. And I think that when we acknowledge that you know, women are bringing different concerns to the table and that there's a not only a, a responsibility to respond to those concerns, but that responding to those concerns can actually help secure sustainable peace. It really is in the benefit for all. One thing that we're really mindful of as well, when it comes to, to the Women, Peace and Security agenda, we don't look at women as homogenous groups, but we acknowledge the diversity of women's experiences. So we really try to target our programming to the particular needs of women in urban areas or outside of the centers um, to different age demographics, because we do know that, that young people have particular concerns that may or may not be reflected in, in the discussion on peace and security and on, on women's rights and gender equality. So we really try to support different platforms that allow people to engage and advocate for the way that they wish to discuss these issues. One of the uh, initiatives that we've done in the past year has been working with young people on different peace building and uh, training capacity building in small projects, but looking at the ways in which their programming and these discussions can actually particularly reflect the needs and concerns of young people and women. That's just some of them. There's a lot of uh, very committed and tireless advocates for, for women's rights in Cyprus too. So we really look at how we can best support them and how we can respond to what they tell us that would be the best ways to support their programming. I'm curious, in addition to all of these activities, we also support efforts to end violence against women following on the global UN mandate. I think our listeners will agree with me that violence against women and girls is a human rights violation and the immediate and long-term physical, sexual and mental consequences for women and girls are devastating. How is the mission addressing the subject? You know, sadly, what we have seen during the COVID-19 pandemic is a real exacerbation of, of many gender inequalities and perhaps one of the most painful um, has been the upsurge in gender-based violence and domestic violence worldwide and Cyprus is not excluded from that sadly. This is often one of the most underreported areas as well so when we talk about gender-based violence we're only seeing half of the issue because there's so many limitations and, and uh, challenges to even reporting uh, cases of violence. The fact that it has increased so significantly is, is very upsetting and I think that more needs to be done across the world to, to respond to this plight. Now for the mission we really support the efforts of civil society activists that are, are uh, working towards eliminating gender-based violence and domestic violence, including efforts that uh, raise awareness on, on helplines that are available. And we've actually done a few initiatives that brought together women to discuss this issue, and but also to engage intercommunally on the, the particular challenges that they face in their communities and how 
they can best respond to this situation. Another initiative that we held in the context of 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence at the end of 2021 involved a discussion on uh, anti-trafficking efforts and in particular how civil society was working towards uh, the elimination of trafficking. And this has a particular impact on, on women and girls and the discussion focused on that. So we really try to use our, our platforms to allow exposure, awareness, discussion around the efforts that especially civil society are taking and use our social media and our communications to raise awareness on how we can collectively work towards elimination of gender-based violence. Thank you. And my last question is related to COVID-19. We know that the coronavirus has impacted the lives of people all around the world, but has had a, a particular negative impact on women. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how we can work together with women in Cyprus to overcome the many negative impacts of COVID? Um, one thing that I think we've really seen happen during the pandemic and very quickly, unfortunately, was many of the gains in, in women's rights that have been made over the past several decades were reversed quite quickly or those inequalities were sort of um, amplified in a way that perhaps we did not expect. I spoke about uh, the impact on gender-based violence where a lot of measures to mitigate the spread of the pandemic actually, you know, even including lockdowns and other measures made it so that women and girls perhaps didn't have access to the support mechanisms that they would otherwise. And we've seen that caretaking responsibilities, both of children, of elderly parents, of friends and family, have increased dramatically as people get sick, as, as lockdown measures continue. And we've seen the impact of that, especially on women who have filled those, those roles more. This has not been caused by COVID. Unfortunately, these, these um, gender roles and norms and expectations of women, they existed before. However, uh, this situation has really exacerbated the impact on them in a, in a very particular way often. We've also seen that, I mean, across the world, women are often more likely to participate in an informal economy, so may not have access to some of the support mechanisms that individuals that participate in a more formal labor market do in terms of support due to COVID measures. I think that as many countries across the world have at this stage recognized that in order for us to really respond to the situation and respective needs of their, their inhabitants, we need to consider the differential impact on different groups. And in order to do so, I mean, if we do that, we actually can contribute to a more sustainable uh, response. And it's, it's just more reflective of the actual concerns that people are facing. Cyprus is by no means unique in this way. Many of the issues that we see happening worldwide are, are reflective in Cyprus. So we've really also tried to recognize how women can participate or cannot participate. What are their particular concerns in this context and what would they like to to speak of. We've used our social media channels also to to profile women that have been particularly impacted by the situation to also raise awareness of the differential impact on, on women. So we've tried as much as possible to make sure that we are also reflective of the current reality that people are facing. Yeah, because I think that the social media is giving 
um, an open channel for communication, especially during the um, COVID period where people couldn't get out. So it's a good channel for them to be able to communicate and make contact with people when they're facing these issues. Absolutely. And maybe just one more thing too. I think that as a lot of our activities have moved online into more virtual platforms, it also has been able to then attract different demographics and and people from you know different parts of the island that maybe some of our activities were not actually that accessible to them or the time didn't work or these things. So in one way, I mean, while it has decreased the sort of interpersonal contact that we had, it has in other ways made it more accessible to larger groups yeah. of people. Lauren, thank you for joining me today and sharing with us your experiences. I'm sure our listeners also enjoyed the conversation. That brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.